0: I feel like if a lot of information is coming your way, it's like how can you decipher from what's right and what's not right? And I think a good way to know that you are following the right advice is look to people who are making content or speaking to those experiences who are already in the space that you want to be in.
1: This is Chan with The Plan the Podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. I'm your host, Max Chan. Now let's dive into the episode. Hey, Carly, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Max. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
1: How is the month of May treating you?
0: Not too bad. It's kind of crazy that it's already May, though. I feel like it was just the new year, and now I feel like I need to catch up on my New Year's resolutions.
1: What were those uh, New Year's resolutions, if you don't mind sharing?
0: Yeah, honestly, I think they were sort of like health-related, kind of the typical stuff like, you know, more exercise, eating more fruits and veggies, or just like healthier snacks. Also, considering I'm in new career coach in the space, it's been one of my goals to build my brand more as well and connect with more people. So I've been targeting that one for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't know when you started on LinkedIn. But let's say, I'm assuming like the past couple months, I keep seeing you comment on my content. So I needed some guests for my podcast. And that's why I reached out to you, right? Because we're both in the same space. So that's how I ended up reaching out to you. Because like you kept on like engaging with content, which I really appreciate. It's always good to help the algorithm, so to speak. And then I looked at your profile and realized that you are also a career coach that helps specifically new grads land non-technical roles to start off their careers.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love engaging with their content. It's great stuff. Sometimes I see it. I'm like, I wish I thought of that. Because <laughs> especially when it's targeted to new grads, it's very helpful. It's good stuff for sure.
1: Did you just start LinkedIn or did I just randomly start seeing you on my feed?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty new. So kind of not as much of a coincidence, I guess. It's been since January. And I'd say more February where I've gotten a bit more consistent with it. and been posting and trying to engage and meet new career coaches in the space. So it's been a great journey so far. I feel like I've been learning lots. And it's been awesome being in the space, being able to meet new people and help people too, specifically new grads. So, yeah.
1: So you have a 9 to 5, but you also have a part-time side hustle, so to speak, as a career coach. So what made you want to do something outside the nine to five?
0: Yeah, so I consider myself kind of a new grad still because it was just a year ago now that I graduated from the University of Waterloo. And when I was a student there, this is where I realized I had a passion for helping other people through their job search process. Because I was in the co-op program and so were so many of my peers and friends. And so I, and through extracurriculars as well, I started noticing myself helping people with their resumes, their cover letters, their interview processes, and really getting specific on the jobs that they wanted and tailoring their application to that. So that's where I learned that, this is something I love doing. And it's very gratifying to see it make a difference for people as well and seeing it help people. And so that's kind of where I got this idea for career coaching to start off. So I'm a career coach and partner at Luminary. And I never really thought too much about it being a side hustle to start off with. I kind of at first was looking to be a career advisor of some sort as a full-time job. Initially, so I was looking into getting certified as a career practitioner developer. But then, through a connection that my cousin has, I was able to join Luminary, and it's been great ever since. And I will give a shout out to my mentor at Luminary, who's the founder of Luminary. He goes by the name of Mooney, and he's a big career coach within the space on LinkedIn as well. So, he's the one that you know believed in me and gave me the opportunity to take on this side hustle, and it's been a really great experience ever since.
1: Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Luminary and what they do?
0: Yeah, for sure. So I think there's about nine or 10 of us coaches on the team right now. And at Luminary, our coaches provide a holistic end-to-end coaching platform that aims to give clients you know, the confidence and control in their careers. So it's really about getting clients from point A to point B, guiding them through their job search process to eventually lead them to their landing, their f- dream full-time job, or even if it's not the dream job, it's a job that aligns with their values and is meaningful and is their target role that they're after.
1: Sounds good. And it's good that I have you on at this time, right? Because we're in May. If I recall. Usually the semester ends end of April when all the exams are done. So now a lot of these new grads are trying to get their first corporate job. And since you focus on helping new grads get their first corporate role, I thought it'd be great to have you on during this time to help them prepare for their job search strategy if they were not able to land a placement or a job before they graduate. So with that being said, what are some big challenges that you see for new grads this summer and fall when it comes to the job search?
0: Yeah, so I think, honestly, a big challenge that new grads face, and I can speak to my own experience as well when I was a new grad, is that there's a lot of feelings of being lost that can kind of overwhelm you in that job experience and trying to land your first job out of university. I think university comes with a lot of structure. You know, your assignments, they have deadlines made for you your breaks throughout university are established for you. You know, everything's laid out for you. And then when you exit that, it's now all up to you. There's no more structure. It's you are leading your life. You're leading your career path now. So it's really about buckling down and deciding what it is that you want. And I think that can be a really kind of scary and challenging thing for some people who may have even, you know, if they took the steps to try to figure out throughout university, like, went through a co-op program, did extracurriculars, sometimes you still may be feeling like, I'm not sure what I want. So I think it's really important to get clear on that before you just dive into the job search. So I really recommend like doing some introspection, looking into what it is that you want out of your life and career, looking at things that you consider values of yours, and painting the picture of what success looks like for you as a new grad. Because I think you can fall into the trap very easily of chasing certain goals or a job path because, you know, that's what's expected of you or because that's where the validation is at. But you, in order to actually build a meaningful career, you want to make sure that you're targeting what it is that will actually fulfill you and align with what you want. So get really clear on that first. That's a good first step to navigate the job search process for sure.
1: Back to what you were saying in regards to like just jumping in in terms of finding a job that's safe or prestigious or something that society or their parents want them to do. It seems like for a lot of young professionals, they're trying to like fit the norm and applying and trying to get jobs that would fit the mold that's what expected of them, but they kind of ignore the self-discovery process to find true, fulfilling work for them. So what is your recommendation in terms of like taking a step back and really doing some self-discovery to find out what you do want in a job and in a career?
0: Yeah, so I think some steps you can take to figure that out is, honestly, some of these might even be pretty basic things, but go a long way, even just doing some journaling. I know that sounds kind of, might sound silly to some, but I think it's really important to actually ask yourself certain self-reflection questions specifically, what does success look like for you? The things that have fulfilled you in the past, look back to your extracurricular activities that you've done, your academic experiences, or even co-op jobs that you may have taken on, and look at what you liked and disliked in these experiences, and really focus on, I think, the like, so you can follow that more. You can follow what it is that sort of gets you excited, makes you excited to get up in the morning. And also understanding that what works for another person might not always work for you. So I think we also have a tendency to compare through our job search process. You know, if someone has landed a job sooner than we have, or has it figured out sooner than we have, yeah, we may start to look to what they're doing instead and being like, how can I follow that path? But understanding that That's not the way for everyone, and that it's important to follow your own path will go a long way
1: for you. So, speaking of like following other people's path or like seeing what other people are doing in terms of their job search and how they've gotten their jobs, there's obviously a wealth of information out there, whether it's on LinkedIn, YouTube, or other resources that you may find valuable. Uh, There's a lot of different angles or different experts providing various types of advice in the job search. So, With that being said, what are some things that you should evaluate in terms of the information you're getting in your job search to understand and know what's the right advice to follow?
0: Right. So that's a tricky one because I feel like if a lot of information is coming your way, it's like, how can you decipher from what's right and what's not right? And I think a good way to know that you are following the right advice is look to people who are making content or speaking to those experiences who are already in the space that you want to be in so utilizing tools like linkedin to network with people who have the job that you want who are in the field that you want to be in and you know reach out to them you can request coffee chats informational interviews of course you want to start off with more of a professional introduction first when leading into those things but i think these things can go a long way with learning about what it takes to get into that type of role and how another person did it to understand, are these the right tips for crafting my resume? Or how should I be leading this interview? I think it's important to get specific with the people you're getting advice from. And going back to my point before, it's important to get specific on the target role that you want so you can do that.
1: And you touched upon an important point in terms of networking. When I was a new grad, I didn't do any networking at all. I just applied online and hoped for the best. But for you, as you said, networking is very important, not only to build connections in your target industries or roles, but also gain some insight whether these are the right roles for you. With that being discussed, what are some effective strategies that you can recommend when it comes to helping new grads build out their network?
0: Yeah, so... Effective strategies, I mean, I kind of touched on using LinkedIn for sure. And I think going back to what I was talking about before, when you get specific on what it is that you want and you start connecting and following people in those spaces, specifically if they're thought leaders within those spaces producing their own content, I think this can be a nice way to ease into engaging with those people is commenting on their posts, starting the conversation there perhaps before actually making that final introduction within, you know, email format or within their messages as well. I also touched on conducting coffee chats or informational interviews, and I think here is where you can not just learn about how to get into a field, but you can do your own research to understand what you're getting yourself into, I guess. So what I mean by this is tools like LinkedIn can be really great for connecting with others for that essential research. So understanding the company culture for your target company, or whether the job really aligns with the job description, what it says the job is, or, you know, learning about whether people are content there. What is the work-life balance like? Does it contain all the things that you're looking for that will, you know, help you align yourself and your values to your career. I think networking in that regard is really important too.
1: As you say that networking is a great way to get information of target companies and industries that you may be interested in. What are some other effective ways to research companies and industries that you may be interested in to get more rounded information before you make a decision in terms of like crafting a job search strategy to help you get in that industry or get into that company?
0: Yeah. So I think another really key thing to do to accomplish this is following the companies that you're interested in or your target companies on all social media platforms. So whether this is LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it all depends on the company and industry, of course, and which channels they use. But I think these can be really great tools to use to stay up to date with that company and do more of that research. So on their social channels, of course, you'll get continuous updates about. Maybe their products and services, news related to the company, external factors affecting the company, new roles updates to see when they're hiring, what roles they're hiring for, and even just learning more about their team as well. And of course, outside of their social media channels, you can always check out their own websites as well, because I think there's a wealth of information there too. Yeah, so I know I mentioned before networking is key to really get to know the perspective of the company from the people but you know the company themselves are also giving you that information so so definitely check out those channels
1: so you've done the research in terms of what companies or industries you're interested in the other side of the spectrum is what do these companies want in a new hire especially someone that's a new grad that may have limited to no experience so what are some key skills that you believe are in demand that companies are looking for right now so that they could develop these skills during their job search to increase their chances of getting employment?
0: Yeah. So I think I want to speak to three key skills that come like top of mind for me when you asked me that question. I think adaptability is a really important skill for new grads or anyone really applying to a role because you will require the skill across all jobs. It doesn't matter what the job is, what the description entails. You will need to be adaptable because it is inevitable that you are going to face some sort of changes or redirections, whether that's redirection of a project due to you know stakeholder or managerial feedback, redirection of the structure of an organization, or it could be something like what other changes? Oh, changes in your roles and responsibilities, which is something that you of course want to happen too, because you want to grow in your role and have it shift and change to really make it your own. So I think being able to be adaptable with that and think on your feet and quickly shift gears is really important. And paired with that, I actually want to speak to the eagerness to learn and willingness to learn and pick up those new skills fast. That's really important, too, to be adaptable. Another skill I want to touch on is leadership. This one is very commonly mentioned and is probably across many job descriptions, of course, and for good reason. Leadership's really important because when you get into that role, a manager wants someone who can, once again, kind of take it on, make it their own. After the initial training process, doesn't need a ton of hand holding, and can bring in new innovative ideas, speak their mind, and be a reliable and accountable person who can take a project or task from start to finish. That's really important in any role. And I think having leadership skills too will easier allow you to work your way up to different roles in the company or higher positions within the company if you're able to really show proof of those leadership skills while you're in the role as well. And then the last one I'll touch on is problem-solving skills. I think this is really key too, because once again, even if this isn't a skill that's inherent to your job, maybe you're not problem-solving on the day-to-day in your role, I still think that inevitably you're going to have to problem-solve at some point. And I think this is something that can really make you stand out too as a candidate if you have strong problem-solving experience, because that is such a key asset to any team or any company when you are able to be that person, that go-to person for an issue, or they know that you're resourceful and you can figure things out. So I really think that problem-solving, regardless of whether it's a main mentioned requirement for your role, will be really important to have.
1: So to summarize Carly the three main skills that you recommend new grads develop is adaptability, leadership and then problem solving.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: So to touch upon that, a lot of new grads may have limited to zero experience in terms of the workforce. However, when I work with new grads, I always say that if you have participated in extracurriculars or have some like good projects in your academic career, you can leverage those in your resume and also speak to Thank them you. in the interview, right? What is your suggestion in regards to helping new grads leverage those experiences in terms of extracurriculars and academic projects to show those skills that you mentioned in adaptability, leadership and problem solving?
0: Yeah, for sure. So I think one of the key things here is that not treating your academic experience and extracurricular activities as like not undermining it. Because I think a lot of people tend to just think like, oh, that's just some club I was a part of. It's like, no, that you did a lot of work in that club and it was meaningful and you learned a lot of crucial transferable skills that you can definitely leverage within your application and within your interview. And I think the key here too is the language you use and how you frame it in once again in your application and in your interviews. So let's speak to leadership, for example. Say you were in a leadership role, maybe co-president on a student leadership club. And you want to say something like, held weekly team meetings with team members. So yes, you did that, but did you hold weekly team meetings or did you lead a team, keeping members on track with their termly goals, their current activities, and manage all action items? I think it's about reframing what you did. And of course, being honest with that too. It is honest, but I think it's about finding the strong verbs to describe what it is that you did to really show that this was a strong leadership experience. And I think with that too, you want to make sure you're focusing on you and not we. So because employers, hiring managers, they want to hear about what you did, not that you kind of hid behind a crowd or a team and kind of, you know, assisted here and there. So I I really recommend staying away from verbs like that and using those in interviews and resumes, because I think it kind of weakens your experience. It doesn't show accountability. It doesn't show leadership or responsibility. So really own what you did. And yeah, just to kind of wrap that up, I think focus on strong verbs, focus on you language and not undermining your experience.
1: Yeah, a lot of professionals that I work with, they always, like you said, undermine their experience. They don't really want to uh, showboat, so to speak. But the interview is the basically best time and only time to really, I wouldn't say oversell, but really showcase the value that you brought to the team at the company that you worked at.
0: Yeah, actually, one other thing I wanted to mention, too, is that even if your extracurricular experience isn't you know, directly related to the role that you're now applying to, it can still have transferable skills to that. So say you were an event coordinator on a club and you're now applying to a project management role, a lot of those skills cross over. So you want to use a language that shows maybe you did more project management, even if it was event management, because there's some crossover there.
1: Absolutely. And What are some other ways that new grads can differentiate themselves from the competition when it comes to applying for these jobs? As you know, with entry-level positions, they do require at least a few years of experience. And then some of these grads are hesitant to apply because they don't think they stand a chance because they're just fresh out of school. So what are your recommendations in regards to helping them differentiate themselves more to, in a way, overcome that obstacle where they may lack the experience from a year's perspective?
0: Yeah, I think the main thing I want to say here is show, don't tell if you have the ability to or if you're applying to a field or a role that, you know, it makes sense to have proof of those tangible outcomes that you've produced. So, for example, if you want to be a content creator or a blog writer or maybe a designer have proof of your work, because this can go a long way. It's about, you know, maybe building a blog, building a website, or building your own portfolio. Because this way, you are providing that concrete evidence. It's one thing to mention on your resume, hey, I did this, I wrote blogs. But when they can actually see that for themselves, the work speaks for themselves. And I think it can impress people too that way. So if for new grads, if this is something that you haven't established already, I highly recommend working towards those things because I think they can be really powerful in helping you stand out amongst many applications. And another key thing too is, I mentioned this earlier, but really tailoring your role to the job description and the role that you want. And this involves getting very specific in screening the job description and seeing where the gaps lie in your resume. I also recommend including measurable outcomes and results within your resume too when you can. You don't want to just copy and paste your job description because I feel like anyone can kind of do that. You want to show how you made a difference in the role or what impact you made. So this things like, you know, maybe you, you increase customer satisfaction or maybe you increase revenue, but by how much, you know, these things are important. And even if everyone is doing this on their resume, because I feel like It's becoming more commonly known that this is very powerful to put on your resume. It's still unique to your own experience and what impact you had in that role. So I really think that can be an advantage point too.
1: So you talk about the do's of a resume. What are some don'ts of a resume that you you don't recommend new grads do on the resume that is probably decreasing their success rate?
0: Yeah, so I'll speak to two that come top of mind for me. One is just kind of on the opposite side of what I mentioned. (laughs) You know, I obviously have a strong opinion about getting really specific on the role that you want and tailoring your resume to that role. But on the other side of that is not applying to, you know, 50 or hundreds of just general or submitting general applications and submitting just submitting these applications to just any job. I always like to say quality over quantity. I think this is really important because it's a more targeted approach which will make it more effective for you if you're putting the time and effort into really crafting a resume that speaks to the role that you want and this industry that you aspire to get into. Another thing I'll mention too is when it comes to tailoring your resume to the role, I mentioned screening the job description for this. A lot of people tend to just add in all the keywords in the resume in any way that they can and just kind of plop those in hoping you know it'll get seen and their application will have a better chance, but this isn't necessarily the case if you're just plopping them in. Once again, anyone can kind of do that and claim they have these skills, but I recommend actually implementing these keywords or key skills into the experience section, of your resume, where you're describing your experience and following that method of what you did, how you did it and what the end result was, or what you learned from it.
1: Yeah. One of the things that really irritate me is like, there's a lot of discussion of like the ATS and they, these professionals reach out to me and say, I have like a 95% optimizer score on this free resume review software. And I'm not getting any interviews because they're so focused on trying to get some like imaginary score that they think they'll get an interview on, right? And then yeah, at that point, exactly. the recruiter just knows that you're just stuffing a keyword in the resume to make it look good, but doesn't really tell them anything. Uh, another true. example would be, let's say you're trying to transfer or pivot into a data analyst role and you just put Python as a keyword as a skill, but there's nothing about you actually doing Python in your work experience. A recruiter is going to see from a mile away that you don't actually have the experience. You just put a keyword there just to hopefully get in the door because of... Do you think that this is some important keyword that will help you get past the screening Um, process?
0: I think that will almost hurt your chances in the long run as well, because with a lot of technical roles like that, where you require those skills in the interview, there's often like skills tests where they actually get you to use those tools. So so if you're kind of fibbing a bit on your resume and then it comes to that test and you don't know what you're doing, it's not a good idea, of course.
1: And obviously, once they submit the resume and they get an interview, they'll have to speak to whether it's the recruiter, hiring manager or hiring panel. So a lot of these new grads may be interviewing jobs in a corporate role for the first time. So what are some best practices that you can recommend in regards to making sure that they perform well at these interviews?
0: I think people talk about the STAR method a lot when it comes to situational questions and answering that and following the star formula which is you know situation task action and the result and recently i've been seeing two from other creators on linkedin that's also important to add the l at the end which is the learning what, what were the learnings that came from that experience so i think That can be a pretty important formula for grads to follow in their interview process, just to make sure that they're hitting on all the important details and providing enough context. And with that, I also want to point out a key mistake that I think a lot of people make, which is missing out on the action portion of the STAR method or the STAR formula. Because I think a lot of people have the tendency to outline the situation or task and then just jump to the end result. But kind of the juicy stuff there in the middle of like the actual steps you took or the tools you used to get to that end point is important because the hiring manager wants to learn from you in your interview that you can, you are capable of doing the day-to-day responsibilities. And I think in that, the action describes how you, you know, took action to do those day-to-day responsibilities required. So don't miss out on that. A good way to make sure you don't is definitely practice. Lots of practice in interviewing. You want to rehearse a lot. So you're prepared for common questions that they may ask and yeah, pr- prepared and can make sure that you're not missing any details. So I think you could also practice by recording yourself and then looking at, okay, did I miss anything after looking at it back?
1: Do you think there's a different way to prepare or present yourself between a video interview and in-person?
0: What do you mean by that exactly? Like in terms of your preparation or in terms of like how? In terms of like
1: preparation, how you speak, is there any difference?
0: I think when it comes to interviewing on video, so virtually, sometimes I recommend like, turning up the animation of your body language and all that turn that up a notch because I think sometimes it can be harder to pick up on those things behind a screen because you're not in person you can't see everything you can't see you can only see like shoulders up so that you know showing enthusiasm through your tone of voice and showing you know like smiles and just like happiness to be there because you're excited for the role and the opportunity
1: For sure. And just go back to your point before about the STAR method and then the actions. A lot of the professionals that I work with, when I first work with them, they briefly touch upon the action and then it goes straight to result. But similar to elementary school, when you do math problems, they want to see your work. They just want the answer because they don't They want to know if you actually know what you're doing or you're just guessing, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's actually a really great comparison because I remember too thinking sometimes it's like, yeah, like I did the work, like, and sometimes it's annoying to show you did that work, but like you gotta, it's like, that's the key component of how you got to accomplish the end result or the end goal.
1: Yeah, it's it's all about like they want to understand your thought process and see, like, how did you arrive to this conclusion? Did you look at other angles as well? A fair amount of interviews. Well, it depends on the role. Sometimes they ask you to do a case study and like having just one answer is not good enough. They also want to see what other recommendations you have as well. So they want to see your thought process in terms of approaching at different angles and which angle you decided to go with and why.
0: Yeah, for sure. Cause I think too, like it shows what type of worker you are. It shows how, you know, critical thinking skills or problem solving skills, like how you approach things, which is really important once you're in that role and maybe have to dive head first into certain things, right?
1: Absolutely. And the first job search as a new grad, at least from my experience, is always the hardest because you don't have a lot of experience and you're gonna get rejected a lot. This is probably the first time you get rejected consistently over a long period of time. Like For me, just very briefly, when I graduated from York and I was trying to get my first job in marketing, it took me about 11 months of job searching, a lot of rejections, a lot of applications. So This leads me to my question in regards to for new grads that are experienced a job search for the first time and they're already getting a few rejections and they feel discouraged. What are some things that you recommend to help them stay upbeat and stay consistent and follow the process to stick with it to get the job that they're looking for.
0: Yeah, even like this topic hits close to home for myself, even having gone through that process, like not that long ago, of course, I think it's important to remind new grads that there is a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of, you know, if you are staying consistent and putting in this work, it's eventually going to end up you know, paying off for you. And with saying that you want to make sure that the work that you're putting in, you're not just, you know, say you're getting rejections, you don't want to just keep submitting the same applications and not seeing results. So you want to continuously reiterate your approach. And once again, talk to people talk to career coaches, people in LinkedIn who are in that space who want to help. It's important to always yeah, tailor your approach. Even after interviews. So, say you had an interview. It can be very discouraging if you don't get the job after that cuz it's like where did I go wrong? But see it as more of a learning opportunity to take note of. I actually what else you can do is ask the company that you interviewed with for feedback. End it on a good note, you know, thank them for the opportunity and ask for feedback because I think that's also really key. Of course, who knows, not every company will respond, but taking a chance they might. Yeah, another thing I want to say to new grads who might be feeling discouraged in this job search process is that your job isn't everything. It's very important, and your career is very important, but it's just one faucet of life, of course. So it's important to stay balanced while you're going through that process to make sure that you don't burn out fast and kind of build resentment for the process. And to do this, you want to make sure that you're also prioritizing things that kind of give you energy so spending time with family and friends or investing in your hobbies and your interests and doing the self-care that is needed during that challenging time where you may be facing rejections I also want to say don't compare your journey to anyone else's I think I mentioned that before To I think it's just really important to touch on again because everyone's experience is different it's not a race you should be taking this at your own pace for sure
1: So if you don't mind sharing, like you also went through this job search as well, right? Your first job search. So what were some learning lessons that you learned in that process? And how did it build you up to who you are today?
0: Yeah. So what I learned is, honestly, I think I learned that the hard way because I didn't practice what I now preach at the time. I I think I did burn out quickly in my job search process initially because I was taking an approach where I was putting so much of my self-worth and value into landing that next job. So, of course, it's really important not to do that and to focus on other areas of real life as well. Another thing that I learned throughout my job search process is that, honestly, my job search process kind of gave me a bit of redirection. I realized after in the interviews when I was learning about job roles, because, of course, it's kind of like a give and take. The interviewer will tell you about more about the roles well and what the ins and outs of that looks like, I was learning so much and realized, I don't even know if I want this role at first. I was applying for, so I have a lot of experience from co-op in the marketing space. And I still think that's still an interest of mine. But at the time, I just, I was like, I want to try something new just because I hadn't before. And I, I started realizing that through the interview process. So it was kind of some redirection that happened for me. And I realized that I wanted to find a job or a career where I could try new things and help others, which is kind of what led me to where I am now and where I applied for the graduate coordinator position at the University of Waterloo, where I'm helping master students. So I think it's funny how the job search process can do that as well for you. I think that's why reflection is also really essential through the job search process to make sure, like, is this really what you want? And I think that's why reiteration on your process is so important.
1: When you were in school, you thought that you would go into marketing, but then through interviewing and going through a lot of learning lessons, so to speak, you realized that marketing for now is not the right move for you. And then that's when you end up getting that graduate coordinator role working with master students at Waterloo.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's not to say that marketing, I don't still have an interest in that. But just at the time, I just felt kind of, I think because I did so many co-ops in that space, I wanted to expand my horizons. I was like, what What else is there out there? I felt kind of like I needed to explore something new to really know what is or isn't for me.
1: So for someone who has a job offer that they're going to accept soon, or they're currently starting their first job out of university or college, what are some pieces of advice you can give to help them transition more effectively from academia into the corporate workforce?
0: Yeah, great question. I think, like I I mentioned before, it's hard because there's not as much structure with that. You're kind of creating your own guidelines now. Of course, at your job, there will likely be due dates and deadlines that are established and you still need to follow. But because there's not really someone telling you exactly what you need to do, You need to find your own way in your role. And I think it's really important to take initiative, take initiative to learn new things, to learn about what other people do across the organization, to find avenues to collaborate with those people, perhaps. And just find any opportunity you can to continuously learn and grow in your role. Find mentors within your team. I think those things are really important to help you gain that sort of structure or guidance that you kind of feel like you're lacking once you're outside of the world of academia.
1: And for you, what has been one big change from going to school to working?
0: Yeah, I think the shift was a little bit smoother of a transition for me just because I had co-op experience having gone through the co-op experience and, or co-op program. And having gone through the job search process at a very accelerated rate, so I kind of got a taste for the full-time working, but at the same time, that was only for about four months, or my very last co-op was a total of eight months. So I think, I guess a reality shift for me was that this doesn't end do you know what i mean like it's not like okay like that that was over i take my learnings and move on to the next this is a bit more you know there's longevity to this and so because of that i want to make sure that i'm setting goals for myself in my role because even though there's a lot of time there isn't like a shorter time frame i want to make sure i'm still you know hitting the mark on certain learning goals that i have for myself
1: and some people say it, it might be a bad job market right now, recessions, there are a lot of layoffs. What are some like encouraging words that you can give new grads that believe that it's kind of doom and gloom right now?
0: It is hard right now. And I've spoken to a lot of people about that. So it's tricky for sure. And I try to remind people and new grads that if you're not getting results right away, sometimes there are these external factors that make it much more challenging for us during the time. And you can do, you know, whatever you want to give yourself the upper hand, give yourself an advantage. But sometimes, you know, you still face those rejections or pushbacks on the job search process. So my words of encouragement are that it takes patience and that's normal. I think being able to relate with other people that, okay, this is normal, that this is, I'm not going to get a job maybe within the first month or a few months right after university. To know that's normal, I think is a really reassuring thought because especially for students who did co-op and you're finding jobs at an accelerated rate, you might not be like used to this feeling of, oh, I'm not getting a job yet. Like what's going on? So knowing that is normal and that is okay. And that doesn't mean that you won't land a job is something that I really want to emphasize.
1: Carly, it's a great to chat with you in terms of like giving my listeners who are new grads some advice in helping them accelerate their job search. So I want to end this podcast conversation with you with a question I ask all my guests at the end. So as you know, my podcast is about helping professionals overcome common career challenges to help them take their career to the next level. So for you, you already shared a good amount of your story, but what was one big challenge that you had to overcome and the big takeaway from that challenge to, that you learned to get to where you are today?
0: This might be a common one. I feel like you've probably heard this one before, but imposter syndrome, for sure. That one's big. And I think everyone in whatever position or stage they are in life experiences at one point or another. And yeah, I experienced this throughout university. I experienced this after university, finding a job, my job search process, even in, you know, being a new career coach in the space. It's something I face. And I think, There's that little voice in the back of my head sometimes that that challenges me and there's that little doubt of like, you know, can you do this? Like, can you really do this? Are you really fit for this? And I think what kind of gets me through that is knowing that it's better to try and to fail than to never have tried. So, you know, keep pushing through those negative thoughts or self-doubts because every time I have, it's worked out. So I think I have a good method going here
1: fantastic again great chatting with you Carly so how can people learn more about you and what you can do to help them with their careers
0: yeah for sure so I recommend following me on LinkedIn my name is Carly McLeod (laughs) and reaching out whenever I would love to chat and see how I can connect and help anyone but specifically if you're a new grad I would you know love to hear what your challenges are and what I could help you with
1: fantastic thanks again Carly
0: yeah of course thanks for having me Max this is great
1: i <laughs>